chapter twelve of the surgeon's daughter by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines salt lake city utah chapter the twelfth as hartley left the apartment in the house of ram singh kata by one mode of exit miss gray retired by another to an apartment destined for her private use she too had reason for secret and anxious reflection since all her love for middlemas and her full confidence in his honour could not entirely conquer her doubts concerning the character of the person whom he had chosen for her temporary protectress and yet she could not rest these doubts upon any thing distinctly conclusive it was rather a dislike of her patroness's general manners and a disgust at her masculine notions and expressions that displeased her than anything else meantime madame montraville followed by her black domestic entered the apartment where hartley and many had just parted it appeared from the conversation which follows that they had from some place of concealment overheard the dialogue we have narrated in the former chapter it is good luck sadoc said the lady that there is in this world the great fool and the great villain answered sadoc in good english but in a most sullen tone this woman now continued the lady is what in frangistan you call an angel ay and i have seen those in hindustan you may well call devil i am sure that this how you call him hartley is a meddling devil for what has he to do she will not have any of him what is his business who has her i wish we were well up the ghats again my dear sadoc for my part answered the slave i am half determined never to ascend the ghats more hark you adela i begin to sicken of the plan we have laid this creature's confiding purity call her angel or woman as you will makes my practices appear too vile even in my own eyes i feel myself unfit to be your companion farther in the daring paths which you pursue let us part and part friends amen coward but the woman remains with me answered the queen of sheba with thee replied the seeming black never no adela she is under the shadow of the british flag and she shall experience its protection yes and what protection will it afford to you yourself retorted the amazon what if i should clap my hands and command a score of my black servants to bind you like a sheep and then send word to the governor of the presidency that one richard middlemass who had been guilty of mutiny murder desertion and serving of the enemy against his countrymen is here at ram singh kata's house in the disguise of a black servant middlemass covered his face with his hands 
while madame montraville proceeded to load him with reproaches yes she said slave and son of a slave since you wear the dress of my household you shall obey me as fully as the rest of them otherwise whips fetters the scaffold renegade the gallows murderer dost thou dare to reflect on the abyss of misery from which i raised thee to share my wealth and my affections dost thou not remember that the picture of this pale cold unimpassioned girl was then so indifferent to thee that thou didst sacrifice as a tribute due to the benevolence of her who relieved thee to the affection of her who wretch as thou art condescended to love thee yes fell woman answered middlemas but was it i who encouraged the young tyrant's outrageous passion for a portrait or who formed the abominable plan of placing the original within his power no for to do so required brain and wit but it was thine flimsy villain to execute the device which a bolder genius planned it was thine to entice the woman to this foreign shore under pretence of a love which on thy part cold-blooded miscreant never had existed peace screech owl answered middlemas nor drive me to such madness as may lead me to forget thou art a woman a woman dastard is this thy pretext for sparing me what then art thou who tremblest at a woman's looks a woman's words i am a woman renegade but one who wears a dagger and despises alike thy strength and thy courage i am a woman who has looked on more dying men than thou hast killed deer and antelopes thou must traffic for greatness thou hast thrust thyself like a five years child into the rough sports of men and wilt only be borne down and crushed for thy pains thou wilt be a double traitor forsooth betray thy betrothed to the prince in order to obtain the means of betraying the prince to the english and thus gain thy pardon from thy countrymen but me thou shalt not betray i will not be made the tool of thy ambition i will not give thee the aid of my treasures and my soldiers to be sacrificed at last to this northern icicle no i will watch thee as the fiend watches the wizard show but a symptom of betraying me while we are here and i denounce thee to the english who might pardon the successful villain but not him who can only offer prayers for his life in place of useful services let me see thee flinch when we are beyond the ghats and the nawab shall know thy intrigues with the nizam and the marathas and thy resolution to deliver up bangalore to the english when the imprudence of tippoo shall have made thee kiladar go where thou wilt slave thou shalt find me thy mistress and a fair though an unkind one 
said the counterfeit saddock suddenly changing his tone to an affectation of tenderness it is true i pity this unhappy woman true i would save her if i could but most unjust to suppose i would in any circumstances prefer her to my nor jahan my light of the world my muti mahul my pearl of the palace all false coin and empty compliment said the begum let me hear in two brief words that you leave this woman to my disposal but not to be interred alive under your seat like the circassian of whom you were jealous said middlemas shuddering no fool her lot shall not be worse than that of being the favourite of a prince hast thou fugitive and criminal as thou art a better fate to offer her but replied middlemas blushing even through his base disguise at the consciousness of his abject conduct i will have no force on her inclinations such truce she shall have as the laws of the zenana allow replied the female tyrant a week is long enough for her to determine whether she will be the willing mistress of a princely and generous lover ay said richard and before that week expires he stopped short what will happen before the week expires said the begum montreville no matter nothing of consequence i leave the woman's fate with you tis well we march to-night on our return so soon as the moon rises give orders to our retinue to hear is to obey replied the seeming slave and left the apartment the eyes of the begum remained fixed on the door through which he had passed villain double-dyed villain she said i see thy drift thou wouldst betray tippu in policy alike and in love but me thou canst betray ho there who waits let a trusty messenger be ready to set off instantly with letters which i will presently make ready his departure must be a secret to every one and now shall this pale phantom soon know her destiny and learn what it is to have rivalled adela montreville while the amazonian princess meditated plans of vengeance against her innocent rival and the guilty lover the latter plotted as deeply for his own purposes he had waited until such brief twilight as india enjoys rendered his disguise complete then set out in haste for the part of madras inhabited by the europeans or as it is termed fort st george i will save her yet he said ere tippu can seize his prize we will raise around his ears a storm which would drive the god of war from the arms of the goddess of beauty the trap shall close its fangs upon this indian tiger ere he has time to devour the bait which enticed him into the snare 
while middlemas cherished these hopes he approached the residency the sentinel on duty stopped him as of course but he was in possession of the countersign and entered without opposition he rounded the building in which the president of the council resided an able and active but unconscientious man who neither in his own affairs nor in that of the company was supposed to embarrass himself much about the means which he used to attain his object a tap at a small postern gate was answered by a black slave who admitted middlemas to that necessary appurtenance of every government a back stair which in its turn conducted him to the office of the brahmin papia the dubosh or steward of the great man and by whose means chiefly he communicated with the native courts and carried on many mysterious intrigues which he did not communicate to his brethren at the council board it is perhaps justice to the guilty and unhappy middlemas to suppose that if the agency of a british officer had been employed he might have been induced to throw himself on his mercy might have explained the whole of his nefarious bargain with tippoo and renouncing his guilty projects of ambition might have turned his whole thoughts upon saving many grey ere she was transported beyond the reach of british protection but the thin dusky form which stood before him wrapped in robes of muslin embroidered with gold was that of papia known as a master counsellor of dark projects an oriental machiavel whose premature wrinkles were the result of many an intrigue in which the existence of the poor the happiness of the rich the honour of men and the chastity of women had been sacrificed without scruple to attain some private or political advantage he did not even enquire by what means the renegade briton proposed to acquire that influence with tippoo which might enable him to betray him he only desired to be assured that the fact was real you speak at the risk of your head if you deceive papia or make papia the means of deceiving his master i know so does all madras that the nawab has placed his young son tippoo as vice-regent of his newly conquered territory of bangalore which hyder hath lately added to his dominions but that tippoo should bestow the government of that important place on an apostate feringhi seems more doubtful tippoo is young answered middlemas and to youth the temptation of the passions is what a lily on the surface of the lake is to childhood they will risk life to reach it though when obtained it is of little value tippoo has the cunning of his father and his military talents but he lacks his cautious wisdom thou speakest truth but when thou art governor of bangalore hast thou forces to hold the place till thou art relieved by the marathas or by the british doubt it not the soldiers of the begum 
muti mahul whom the europeans call montreville are less hers than mine i am myself her bakshi general and her sirdars are at my devotion with these i could keep bangalore for two months and the british army may be before it in a week what do you risk by advancing general smith's army nearer to the frontier we risk a settled peace with hyder answered papia for which he has made advantageous offers yet i say not but thy plan may be most advantageous thou sayest tippoo's treasures are in the fort his treasures and his zenana i may even be able to secure his person that were a goodly pledge answered the hindu minister and you consent that the treasures shall be divided to the last rupee as in the scroll the share of papia's master is too small said the brahmin and the name of papia is unnoticed the share of the begum may be divided between papia and his master answered middlemas but the begum will expect her proportion replied papia let me alone to deal with her said middlemas before the blow is struck she shall not know of our private treaty and afterwards her disappointment will be of little consequence and now remember my stipulations my rank to be restored my full pardon to be granted ay replied papia cautiously should you succeed but were you to betray what has passed here i will find the dagger of a ludi which shall reach thee wert thou sheltered under the folds of the nawab's garment in the meantime take this missive and when you are in possession of bangalore dispatch it to general smith whose division shall have orders to approach as near the frontiers of mysore as may be without causing suspicion thus parted this worthy pair papia to report to his principal the progress of these dark machinations middlemas to join the begum on her return to the mysore the gold and diamonds of tippoo the importance which he was about to acquire the ridding himself at once of the capricious authority of the irritable tippoo and the troublesome claims of the begum were such agreeable subjects of contemplation that he scarcely thought of the fate of his european victim unless to salve his conscience with the hope that the sole injury she could sustain might be the alarm of a few days during the course of which he would acquire the means of delivering her from the tyrant in whose zenana she was to remain a temporary prisoner he resolved at the same time to abstain from seeing her till the moment he could afford her protection justly considering the danger which his whole plan might incur if he again awakened the jealousy of the begum this he trusted was now asleep and in the course of their return to tippoo's camp near bangalore it was his study to soothe this ambitious and crafty female by blandishments intermingled with the more splendid prospects of wealth and power to be opened to them both as he pretended 
by the success of his present enterprise. End of chapter the twelfth.